0: Hi, I'm Ziona McIntyre, real estate investor, consultant, and now author, and we are on the Relationships and Revenue podcast.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin. As always, thrilled you decided to invest some of your hard-earned time with me. And as you heard mm-hmm. from the introduction, I have Ziona McIntyre with me. Ziona, how are you?
0: I am doing great. Thanks for having me on.
1: Now, for those of you who can't see this particular episode, uh, we're filming this over Zoom. and Zoom, you know, you put your name on there. Now, besides her name, she also has something on there that says Z-Money, so, <laughs> which, I think, which I think is kind of fun. So, yeah. No, so who knows? I may end up referring to you as Z-Money sometime during the interview. You
0: episode. are allowed to do that. Yeah, that's a, a nickname that my podcast co-host has given me, and it's stuck. Yeah, mm-hmm. funny.
1: Okay. Well, and as, as she mentioned, she is a real estate investor. Uh, she's an Airbnb host. Would you call yourself a host or a hostess, or does it matter?
0: <laughs> no, a host, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really thought about hostess. It makes me think of those weird cupcakes that you can get a guest. Oh,
1: okay. I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, in addition, she's also a real estate agent uh, there in the lovely state of Colorado. And you are co-host of the podcast Invest, is it 2FI? Am I saying that right?
0: Yeah, 2FI. Yeah, because the Financial Independence. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, Financial Independence. Love that. Okay. Uh, Author of the new book, 30 Day Stay, A Real Estate Investor's Guide to Mastering the Medium-Term Rental. We're certainly going to get into what that term means, because that was new to me. Okay, great. As I was doing my research for today's episode. And, you know, you talk about things like home hacking and creative ways to do rental strategies. She's just into all different kinds of things. Oh, and she also happens to own 10 properties. So,
0: 12.
1: well, sorry. <laughs> I was wrong. No, it's
0: fine. That might be outdated.
1: More that. than 10. So that's good to know. All right. Congrats yeah. on adding two more.
0: They keep stacking, man. They're, just, uh, they're like bunnies. They just keep replicating.
1: I've heard that. I've heard that once you start investing, that it's it's slow at first, and then it really starts to take off. So yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. okay. So let's get into your backstory a little bit. So how in the world did you even get started in this world of real estate, specifically real estate investing, and what led you to where you are today?
0: So it's a bit of a happy accident. A friend of mine in 2011 got laid off. And he was living in New York City. And he's like, I have this crazy expensive apartment. I'm totally burnt out. I don't want to go start work. I want to go travel the world. I heard about this Airbnb thing. I think I'm just going to rent out my apartment. So this apartment he doesn't own. And after a year of him renting it out and traveling the world, he told me that he made $50,000 off of this apartment. And I just, that was struck me. It struck me because at the time, you know, this is like, 10 years ago, $50,000 was like a tech salary. That was like pretty sexy numbers. And I was uh, just out of college and thinking like, I've never even seen that kind of money. Um, Maybe I could do that too. And so that kind of started my whole journey through Boulder doing um, what we call now arbitrage, where you rent and re-rent people's apartments, hopefully with their approval um but yeah <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> well that apparently that happens without people's approval
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i i imagine there's some gray area people out there in the world that are doing whatever they want so, <laughs> just depends <laughs>
1: sure. okay yes. all right so that's how you got your start um yeah so that would be more in the airbnb world
0: yeah and airbnb i tell people now is like uh real estate training wheels because what's really great about Airbnb, when I was going to finally buy my first place, I'd been doing Airbnb for two years. I had an apartment I had been renting out probably a year and a half. And so I'd seen the whole cycle because uh, short-term rentals is really seasonal. So I'd seen the whole cycle and I was renting it for 1100 a month, but I was getting in income 1700 to 4000 which, you know, depending on the month. And so I was like, okay, I know what I can make. And so I went and bought a place five minutes down the road and my mortgage with HOA was about 950. And so I'm like, oh, bonus. I already know because I've had my real estate training wheels over here. And now I buy and I'm not scared. And I think most people are really scared to buy the first place. So sometimes Airbnb can be like a little weight off your shoulder.
1: Mm, Okay. So how would somebody get into that? How would somebody go about doing the Airbnb process with? a property they don't own?
0: Yeah, so I don't encourage it a ton now. I think it's a really great way to start. It's just like if you're getting started in real estate and you wanna do wholesaling or flipping, Mm -hmm. those are very active businesses. And so what they call Airbnb arbitrage is also very active. You're gonna make some cash flow, but you have to be there managing this property. Uh, What I think is better for people over time, and if you have a little bit of capital, is actually buying. And the reason you want to buy a property is because where we make money as real estate investors is in the equity gains, right? Overtime appreciation, that's the real money. Cash flow is just keeping us afloat. So don't lose sight of what's the most important thing. But if someone wants to get started in arbitrage, the best way that I've found for people is start with where you live now. You know, do you have a spare bedroom? Do you have a basement you could rent out? Or do you have a cool roommate who will let you rent out your room and go camping or go pet sitting and just get out of the house? Um, that allows you to just try it. You know, you can make a listing. You can put it up for the weekend. And if you hate it, never do it again. Okay, But you might love it. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are you'll get addicted like me.
1: <laughs> yeah, because when I was doing my research for the episode today, it half the year you are traveling internationally and you're a house and pet sitter? Is that right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Yeah. That's what we were doing in Hawaii before we started recording. We were talking about how I just came back from a month in Hawaii and uh-huh. we had two pet sits. So we had two dogs in the first one for two weeks and then one dog in the other one for two weeks. And you live for free in Hawaii.
1: Wow. Now, obviously you have to pay for your own food and that sort of thing but
0: sure but what we do that makes it extra good is that our home in colorado where we normally live we can rent it out for 250 a night so actually we're getting paid 250 a night to be in hawaii
1: nice nice okay that's the hack now when you're when you're traveling internationally and doing this Mm -hmm. i i assume you have to you have to rent transportation too while you're there
0: It depends. Um, Some people are going to be gone. So they're like, you can use our car. And so I've definitely had that worked out. Um, And then sometimes people say, I just want to be in a city where there's transportation. So if you're in downtown Paris, you don't need a car, right? So you just kind of scoot around on your own.
1: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Where are some of the more exotic places you've been to house and pet sit?
0: Um, well, I, I did it in Playa del Carmen in Mexico, but my most exotic would be St. Thomas. Mm. So I've done a little pet pe- sitting in St. Thomas, which is great.
1: Wow, that sounds like a yeah. lot. Now, is there any place that you want to go to that you haven't yet? Oh my God, everywhere. <laughs> <There's> so <laughs> many places. Well, can you narrow it down to like a top three then?
0: Okay. Um, wow, that's so interesting. So, what I have on my pet sitting list is different than like my life travel list. Do we want to talk about just like where I want to go in life? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Whichever. Really, yeah. I want to go to Iceland and I haven't really looked at have pet sitting. I'm assuming it's everywhere now. So, I've got some friends that they sold their house two years ago and they pet sit full time. And so, they oh. do not have a house. And they've mm-hmm. just been traveling all over the world, so I know it's possible, and it's in many places. Um, the other place I'd say that'd be great. Um, I'm just wanting to get to know Mexico more, and so I'm really curious about Mexico City. It's uh, great for digital nomads like me because it's the same time zone.
1: Mm-hmm. When you
0: go to Hawaii or you go to Europe, it kind of messes up your whole life. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to travel a little more up and down nowadays, not so left okay. and right.
1: <laughs> sure. Okay. So so Canada is. A possibility as well if you're going straight north?
0: I could, maybe in the summertime. I don't know. Right, right. Don't get crazy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. You don't want to be in Winnipeg in January?
0: Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Then they'd have to pay me for sure. (laughs) Ah,
1: okay, okay. Yeah. So, how did, I guess, is, is it, was it kind of a natural transition from starting to become a real estate investor to also being an agent?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how I didn't do that sooner. Um, for me, I think I just thought I didn't need it. And maybe, mm. like a lot of people, I didn't have as much respect as real estate agents should demand. But I I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing. But not until I became a real estate agent did I realize how much they do. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we have a we have a bad rap out there, which is sad. Um, I'll, I'll me, say the,
1: the good ones put in the work. I'll say that. That's I know, I know plenty of, of I know plenty that are not good. <laughs> um,
0: that's true. I've, I've definitely interacted with them.
1: Percent of them that I know, pff, no. <laughs>
0: oh gosh, that's probably the problem.
1: That, yeah. that's, a, that's a, that's an offline discussion for sure. <laughs>
0: You're great. So I think the thing that really struck me was when I referred three deals in a row. We went out and bought a place. My partner was the buyer, the one that we live in. And then my friends that were our neighbors, they went and bought a place. And then my partner that I owned some properties with, he went and bought a place. And it was literally within the same like two or three months. And I was like, I think I just left 50K on the table or
1: more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: then I was like, okay, what are you doing with your life? I became an agent
1: (laughs) because you kind of already knew not everything, but a lot of what you needed to know for that anyway. So why not capitalize on it?
0: Yeah. As an investor, you go through a lot of deals, right? So I think the interesting thing is that when somebody comes from the investor world, they've probably done a lot more deals than the actual agent because a lot of agents, they may not even own their own home, right? So what do they know about the process? I mean, just what they've read in books and what they go through on the outside. But there's just so many other things, you know, understanding the numbers and, and what it's going to turn into and how to be a landlord. There's just a lot of things that they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Now, was it a little more challenging as far as when you first started the financing side of it? Because I know when it comes to buying investment properties, there's a lot of stuff that's different than if you're purchasing purchasing it to live in.
0: Yes. So the first place I did purchase, I was technically living in, even though it was only part-time because I was airbnb a lot. Um, but yeah. So I couldn't qualify for a loan when I started because all of my income at that time for the last two years had been Airbnb income. And in 2012, that was not income, not recognized by banks. Oh, so yeah, it was just too early. So wow. nowadays you can do that, but back to then, no go. <laughs> so, what I did is, um, one of my past landlords, he was a big investor, is a big investor, and he owned like 17 apartments in this one complex. And we had rented one from him, you know, a couple years previous, mm-hmm. and we were still friends. And so I kind of just worked up the courage and went up and asked him for a loan, wow. and he gave oh, it wow. to me. Wow. Yeah. So you never know, you know, there, I think this is why it's really important if someone is interested to get out and go to meetups, go to different events, meet people that are doing it. Cause there are a lot of people that have the money now they're later in their journey and they don't want to be involved, but they're happy Mm. to lend you money. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. So one of the titles that you have is real estate coach. So what I want to know is what makes you different than the scores of other real estate investing coaches out there?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know what the other ones do, so that's hard to say, right? So what I see a lot
1: of advertising for it. That's the reason I'm asking. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I see a ton of it.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I offer two things. I offer really kind of like quick and dirty strategy sessions that are 15 minutes. So people call me with, we talk about goals. We talk about their budget. What do they have in cash? And what is it going to be their rental strategy? And then I can find them the place anywhere in the US and say, this is the place for you. And here's the team and I've already vetted them and it's good. So we do that. Yeah, but then I have one-on-one calls that are kind of a brain-picking. What do you, what questions do you have? Kind of session, and so the client makes it their own, right? I'm just here to say, hey, I have 10 years of Airbnb experience, and I know how to be a, a co-host if that's a business. I know how to arbitrage if that's the business. What do you want to do? Then I can help you do it. And so it's really their choose their own adventure. I okay. Don't know. Yeah, that's how I do
1: it. Gotcha.
0: So if they ask bad questions, it's on them. i'm not a bad coach
1: (laughs) wow okay
0: just like uh kind of send the responsibility back out there
1: (laughs) i i get that but uh you know the the, the coach in me kind of wants to push back a little bit on you when you say that and say i know if they ask a bad question it's like did you mean to say yeah or have you thought about (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, I'm the worst about that. I'm like, have you thought about this? I'm going to give you way too many options and you're just going to explode. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, about creativity most of the time.
1: Okay. You talk about gaining financial freedom through real estate. Yeah. Can you kind of lay that out for us? What does that look like? Is, it, is there a, a plan involved with it or is there a step by step? So how does that work?
0: Yeah. So there is uh, this whole movement, the FIRE movement, which is financial independence, retire early. Okay. And those people generally invest in index funds. And that is a great way to go. If you're in like, if you got a lot of time on your hands, 10 or 15 years, you can be in financial independence. Great. Mm. But real estate is the fast track. So I was able to find my own financial independence in two years. And I hear those stories again and again. So I'm mm. very confident that five, 10, under 10 years, you can be there. And so that's the thing. It's like, I don't necessarily think everyone should be a landlord and that they like real estate. So don't do it if you don't feel drawn to it. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking for this fast magic bullet, I hate that idea, but yes, (laughs) it it can get you there. And so, you know, it just kind of depends on what your goals are. If you're trying to replace your income, one of the things that I do with furnished rentals is I usually look for a property that's going to cash flow at least $1000 a month. And if I do my math, I can say, "Hey, my absolute needs are covered with about 3000 a month, but my wants and, you know, travel and getting to go shopping, like that's $5000 a month." So that means three properties or five properties, right? And you just do the math and get yourself there. Not so hard
1: yeah it does it when you describe it that way, it doesn't sound hard, but uh, <laughs> when somebody's out on their own, it might not be quite as easy as it sounds, so
0: <laughs> we can make it easy
1: now, are your properties all in Colorado? are they do you have certain areas that you know well and so you tend to invest there, or are you just totally diversified all over the place?
0: Yes, that. Um, I call it ADD investing. (laughs) (laughs) And the the nice way of saying it is that I am diversified through rental strategy because I have short, medium and long term rentals. And I'm also diversified through area. So, you know, if there's a big tornado, it's not going to wipe out all my houses because they're in four states. But is that the smartest thing to do? I'm not sure, you know, because I have to file taxes in every single state, and it's just oh, a little bit more work, mm. right? Because I have to build a team in each town
1: every time. Yeah.
0: So I've gotten really good at that. We're and
1: we're a great CPA
0: here. <laughs> yes, and I have a great CPA. So if you need him, let me know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, I I see pros and cons to both sides. But yeah, there. I think what happens is that markets change so much. And strategies change. That what is really hot now might not be hot tomorrow. And so, if you're capitalizing on something in the moment, you might be moving markets. And that's mm. okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Now you used some terms just a moment ago, and we're going to need some mm-hmm. definitions for those Great. for those of us who aren't as well versed as you are in the real estate investing world. You totally. talked about short, medium, and long term okay. investing. The rentals, the short, medium, and long-term rentals. What does that mean? Or what do those terms mean?
0: Yes. So a long-term rental is what most people are used to. It's an unfurnished unit for about a year. You know, you do a year lease. Hmm. Then a medium-term rental is a furnished unit that people rent over 30 days. So that's month-to-month kind of deal. Um, And then there's short-term rentals, which is under 30 days. Usually those are three or four nights. And that's the vacation rental model that most people are used to. Okay mm mm-hmm.
1: gotcha yeah. all right and so you have now do you have certain properties that you do multiple types of rentals with
0: yes so we call it a bit of a hybrid model so okay. with my short-term rentals um i will sometimes do the medium-term strategy in the slow season so what that looks like is if it was slow usually it's winter time depending on where you're located but If it's slow in the wintertime, you might get two or three weekends booked, and that might only do, you know, half your mortgage. It's not really that good for you because there's a lot of vacancy there. Mm -hmm. So instead, I say, let's get a medium-term tenant in for three months and then just have them paying, you know, maybe it's not as high as I would make in a short-term rental in the high season, but I'm covering my mortgage and then some, and I've got those three months fully occupied, and that just feels like a nice break. So that's what we do.
1: Okay. Now, do you have like, uh, and I'm, I'm not even sure I'm going to be using the right terminology, so you, you'll pardon me because I don't, I don't know the vernacular. That's great. But when you're in these various cities, especially ones where you are not located, yeah. do you have like a property management team that helps so you as care. far as get, getting the, the advertising out so that people know that these are available, either the short term, medium, or long term? rentals?
0: Yeah. So long-term rentals, I have a property manager and I just don't do anything, you know, okay. that's great. Um, but generally what's the problem with short long-term rentals is that people can usually not make that much money with them nowadays because mortgages are really high and prices are really high. So usually if you buy a long-term rental, you don't make any money per month and sometimes you lose money. So that's mm. not great. People are not loving that. For the medium and short-term rentals, I was self-managing for the last 10 years. Just this last year, I I have an assistant now. And so I've kind of tasked her with some of that as she does all my admin, but she also does that. Um, and yeah, it's it's pretty easy. So what it requires on the ground is just a cleaner and a handyman. After oh. that, you can kind of do it all on your own. And you know, if you're buying, then it means an agent, but pretty easy.
1: Okay. And so because you're in the real estate world you have like partners in these various cities that are other agents that can help you in your acquisition of said properties
0: yeah so over time i found like the little diamonds in the rough you know like you're saying there's a lot of agents and it's just finding the ones that i feel understand the investor mindset so usually what i look for are people that own or operate short term or medium term rentals mm. themselves Because they're going to know the little rules and the best uh, areas and, you know, any kind of particularity.
1: Sure, sure. Okay. Well, you have written a book. Yeah. The The 30 Day Stay. And we are super excited to hear about that. So tell us some more about the book, about why you wrote it, who it's for.
0: Yeah, so 30 days stay, um, that is all about the medium-term rental strategy, mm-hmm. right? So that strategy became really popular since COVID. And it's, it's giving people an opportunity for cash flow now that they couldn't get otherwise. And so I think that's really important for people that are saying, I want to leave my job or I want to be um, just a little more flexible where I'm job optional. And so you need that cash flow because you need something coming in every month. So, yeah, the book is a really deep how-to, but it's also full of case studies. We tried to make it where it was like learning through stories because I find that to be just easier and more fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Gotcha. So of the case studies you put in there, what is one that is particularly memorable?
0: Interesting. Um, I have a bunch of my own in there. I think my, (laughs) and then there's others from other investors, but my most memorable one is a story that I had about a partnership that went sour. Mm. Um, and so I ended up buying a property with someone who told me at the beginning, I have $10,000 and I'll have it at closing. It's going to be great. And he was someone I knew in town. So I just kind of did a handshake We did write up some contracts, but I didn't make him prove it. I didn't ask for any kind of proof of funds. And by the time we were closing, he just always had an excuse. He never had the money to offer up. And so luckily I had it because we would have been in real trouble. Um, But it took me a year of trying to get money out of him before I was able to get him out of the deal, actually. So um, I learned my lesson. And then. Now I'm definitely stricter about contracts and, and being clearer with my partners. But I think the best thing is that, you know, people love to say, Oh, well, that means you're not supposed to do business with friends. And I think for me, I, it's not that it was that one particular relationship was not a good one for business, but I think friends and family can be fantastic partners.
1: Yeah. You just have to be smart about it. You have to, yeah. you have to know the other person pretty well and know is this something that this person and I that we could do together
0: yeah and it's kind of like a marriage I think mm-hmm. people don't think about that because with buy and hold property I mean you ideally want to hold it five years but you might hold it 30 and so mm-hmm. how long do you want this person in your life <laughs> what's the strategy what the plan <laughs> yeah
1: mm-hmm. I like the way you put that. It's like a marriage. You, you may be in it for the long haul. And can you handle being with that person that long? I get that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. For
1: sure. Yeah. Being in business with somebody is a big deal.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Now, when did the book come out?
0: It is on pre-order right now. So it's actually. A pre-order. Yep. So it comes that you can order it now, but it actually will be shipped out to people November 8th.
1: Oh, so election by the time
0: day. this comes out, maybe. I don't know. Is it really? Yeah, Gosh, November 8th is election that. day.
1: That's a Tuesday. <laughs> and Tuesday, okay. it's actually a, a very common day for books to come out.
0: Okay, there you go.
1: Didn't know if you were aware of that. I wasn't, but yeah, it, it's actually pretty good. common. So, you're, and this is a good place to, uh, to go ahead and mention this, folks. You know, when I have authors on, this is something that I do because I believe it's important. As, uh, as our, our good friend on here, and certainly my good friend, Jeff Brown, the host of the world-renowned podcast, Read to Lead, says, Leaders read and readers lead. So we need to be reading. We need to be investing in ourselves continually. And one of the best ways we can do that is by the things that we read. So... Putting my money where my mouth is, for those of you, well, the first one anyway, who takes out your handy-dandy phone, when this episode comes out, you take a snapshot of that, you post it on Instagram, you tag Ziona and me in that post. When you do that, the first person to do that is going to get a signed copy of her book on me.
0: I forgot about this. That's so cool. I love that you do that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
1: And- and my extra tip, folks, those of you, you need to pre-order her book, too. So don't just depend on this. You need to be ordering her book so you, so you can get it at the first moment possible. Order a minimum two copies, folks, always when you buy books, minimum two. One for you, one to give away. Always, yeah. always, always do that. Now, you can order more. <laughs> I mean, who knows? You talk to her. If you, if you order a large enough sum, she may give you a discount. You never know. It just requires conversation. Sure.
0: Well, actually, I can give them a discount now. So if nice. you use my name, Ziana, which will be in the show notes, you get mm-hmm. 10% off. What? And so there you go. Nice. Yeah. Um, and actually, there's some really cool bonus material. So I'll talk about that just quickly. But yep, um, we have a bunch of interviews. We have a furnishing checklist. If you're going to get out there and make one of these rentals, you need to furnish mm. it.
1: Mm-hmm. We've
0: got um, an analyzing tool that you can run numbers in. And you would be entered to win a, a like one-on-one session with me and the co-author. So um, we both do coaching. And so we can sit mm. there and be like, fixing your life together. Right. <laughs> And the last thing is a Q&A. We'll be doing a Q&A in December. So just a live webinar with everybody who pre-ordered.
1: Okay. Very yeah. cool. So folks, it's out there. The book is available to pre-order right now. Just yeah. get on that right away. And as she told you just a moment ago, you can get 10% off if you do it right now. Now, do we go through your website to get that 10% off? Is that how we do that?
0: Nope. So biggerpockets.com slash 30-day stay. And then use the code Sienna at checkout.
1: Okay. There it is, folks. And again, it will be in the show notes. So don't stress, especially if you're out on a run right now. You don't have to write it down. You just look it, up. <laughs> look it up when you get done.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah.
1: See, see how I'm, I'm forward projecting for all of you? I'm anticipating that you're going to be out and you're going to be exercising, doing your thing, getting it done. Right. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Sure. So how long have you been doing that?
0: About two years. Yeah. And Craig Curlop, who is my co-host on the podcast, he wrote the house hacking strategy with bigger pockets. And so his whole concept is about how to make an owner-occupied house pay for itself and then some. And so that's through roommates or it's through renting out different parts of the house. But mm-hmm. um, it's a great strategy for people that especially when they're young, you're gonna live with roommates anyway. How can you have that build wealth for you? So um between the two of us, we're very much like how can you use real estate to get to financial independence, and so we're talking about that most of the time. And we bring on people that they've done that, so we're interviewing.
1: Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, well, that de- he definitely sounds like somebody I need to talk to.
0: You should, yeah,
1: definitely, yeah, certainly. We could interview him for the show. Um, you know, I, I may need to get my uh, my children copies of his book because they're getting oh, to be close definitely. to the age where yeah. they get things they need to be thinking about, especially my oldest who's about to graduate from college. So, oh yeah. And, you my, and my youngest, my youngest who I, is planning on graduating from high school early and wants to move out almost immediately. Yeah. Upon doing that. So I'm like, okay.
0: (laughs) that is the best thing you can do for somebody is say, you know, I will help you with your down payment if they don't have it and just say, let's get you into a house immediately. You're going to learn how to be a landlord. You're going to learn how, you know, all these things about money and responsibility. I I think it's just such a good life tool. And if they start that early, the amount of equity that they're going to gain over the next Fifty years—it's incredible. You could have one or two properties and be done.
1: Oh, I—I I wished that 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 I would have done that when I was younger. Let's just say much younger than I am now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you still have time. <laughs> thank
1: you, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So, who is a typical listener to your podcast?
0: Yeah, so usually we have people just getting started. They may have bought one house or Mm -hmm. they're about to buy one house. And their intention is like, how do I build a portfolio that's gonna take care of me for my life? You know, And usually people can do that with maybe five houses, something like that. So we kind of teach people if they can get a house a year, that is Hmm. enough. And in five years, you could be financially independent. So a lot of people do it really, really young.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, I have several friends who are real estate investors of of various kinds. And um you know the, the ones that I enjoy talking to the most are the ones who everything they buy it's never with their own money.
0: Mm. yeah, you got really creative.
1: Oh, such
0: ways to do it
1: they are and it's it's very interesting very intriguing in fact one of them i'm going to bring him he's been on the show before i'm going to bring him back on to talk specifically about that particular thing yeah i find it interesting because i get to he sends he see he puts out pictures all the time of all these various places he's going to he's either buying or closing or you see before and after pictures of a property he bought and then it gets fixed up and so I get to live a little vicariously through him. So
0: (laughs) yeah, I love it. Like one of the things I'm super like geeking about right now, and I think this is an important piece is like, even if you think you're an expert in your field, keep growing, keep learning, keep reading Mm -hmm. books, because you need to be getting excited and you need to be acquiring more knowledge. But one thing that I'm loving is this idea of subject two. So subject two is this, the ability to take over someone's mortgage. I'll just kind of talk about this very shortly. But a lot of people bought just recently, you know, maybe last year. And maybe they're trying to sell. Maybe they're relocating. Maybe something has changed in their lives.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: can take over their mortgage that was at a 3 or 4% and not have to go out and buy a mortgage at 8%. And all of a sudden, the numbers are a whole lot better. Yeah. So learning these tools just give you more tools in the tool belt, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah. I tell you, you know, half or more less in interest sounds really good to me.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Now, going back just for a moment into this whole idea of of Airbnb, how do you overcome objections from people who say, you know, I don't know that I want to rent out my house to people I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, and I don't. I'm not even sure I know all the objections that people would have to Airbnb. But I do. I do know that I have friends who, specifically, when they travel, they won't do Airbnb because of bad experiences they've had.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, again, not for everyone. But I think there's this idea of the comfort continuum that the more comfortable you are, the less money you make. And if you're willing to get a little bit uncomfortable, you can make more. And a good example of this, this is why you probably want to have Craig on your show, my co-host, is that for two years in his first place, he lived behind a curtain and he rented out his bedroom on Airbnb. Wow. So. Yeah, so he was just like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. This is what I need to do to make the money work and to be able to buy more properties. So he had bought a duplex that was one bedroom on each side. He rented out the the upstairs, Mm
1: -hmm. and then
0: he rented out his bedroom while he lived behind the curtain in the living room. Wow. And I wouldn't do that shit, but I thought it was great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I... (laughs)
0: Yeah. But you know, that's something that like a 20-year-old can do. Yes. And it's a superpower that we lose over time. So that's why you start young. And Mm -hmm. yeah, he's a multimillionaire now. So, you know, something worked.
1: Yeah, for sure it did. For sure. And we certainly can't get away on this show without talking about relationships because it is after all referred to as relationships and revenue. Sure. So I want to know, what is it that you're doing right now to build into, to improve, to make better your most significant relationships and how do those relationships impact your business?
0: Mm. Well, I mean, real estate is such a relationship business. So that alone, you can't do this one on your own. So you need to go out and build the relationships. Um, It's just such a small world and we're all helping each other out. So that on its own is just really important to get out of thinking, I've got this ego and I'm so important and I'm so smart and I'm going to do it all myself. That's not going to happen. That'll hold you back. But the closest relationships in my life end up being some business partners, some friends, and then my partner. Um, And I think that the most important thing I can do is really uh, track my system and not let myself get depleted. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think that that's something that is easy to do when you're working a lot or, you know, you're promoting a book or you're trying to build <laughs> an empire. It's just, uh, we get so depleted that we don't have anything to give. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm i working on that all the time.
1: Okay, I get that. You know, I used to think that taking time for myself was two things. First, it was a waste of time because Mm -hmm. that meant I could have been doing something else. And two, that it was selfish because there's always somebody else who needs something, always. Yeah. And what I've come to realize as I have learned more about how important investment in my total health, and to me, there are four aspects to it. It's certainly the physical health there's uh, mental and emotional, which I separate. I don't believe they're the same. And then spiritual health. Those four things make up the totality of what health is. And when I, if I'm missing investment in any one or all of those, I can tell. Yeah. And so I have learned how important it is for me to do that because when I do, when I take the time to invest in me in all of those areas, Every one of my relationships is better. Every mm-hmm. single one of them. Because I have more to give when I do that. Yeah. I may only have, of all of me that there is, if I only have 70% to give, that's what I can give. But if I'm not investing in me, it's going to be way less than 70%. Way, yeah. way less. More like 20. <laughs> it's going to be so bad. And I used to live that way. And I have no interest in doing that again.
0: Yeah, I think in our culture, we measure success, unfortunately, by the easy ways. So it's net worth, it's how much money you're making, it's how many properties you own, you know, Mm -hmm. but really, I would love for us to come up with a different way to look at that, to measure that. It's kind of like how Bhutan did the gross domestic happiness instead of gross domestic product. and Yeah, it's a little bit harder to measure, but I think it's important, like you're saying, to have this holistic view and to say, okay, great. Maybe I figured out the money equation, but I'm messing up in all these other areas. So how can I bring all those back and so that they're all equal?
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. For me, the greatest investment I make is in people. Mm -hmm. Always. Because investing in relationships is always a risk but it's never a waste at least that's how i view it
0: yeah i think that's sweet yeah i uh i was interviewing a new agent to potentially work with us last night and um we just hit it off she was like my spirit animal i was like We're make this <laughs> forever <laughs> it was just great um and one thing that I told her that is like unusual is that I have this thing where because when someone is in my circle, I feel like I'm super generous and I care about them a lot. And it's a lot of energy to be like vulnerable and open and helping yeah. that I'm pretty guarded about it. And so my default is that I generally hate everyone. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, <laughs> I hate you till proven otherwise, you know, like. I just, oh, uh, so I told her that's part of my charm. And I just loved her. And so that was really fun to have that experience right out of the gate. Yeah. Very
1: cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, It's (laughs) when you find your person, and what I mean by your person, it can be in any arena. It could be for business, somebody that you know you want to do business with. It could be somebody you know it's like, we're gonna be friends forever. I just I know it. That kind you know it right away when you meet that person. It it yeah. does not take long to figure it out. You you're just two peas in a pod right away. Yeah, I get that. Who's investing in you right now?
0: Oh my gosh. I feel like the people that I work with are so incredible. It's just like I again, I couldn't do this alone. Though the agent on my team that does furnishing for me, she's done all of my places and then she's done a lot of places for the investors that I work with. She's so giving and we're just, we're like best friends and it's so lovely. So I don't know how I would do without her. I think the relationship with my co-hosts on the on the podcast, we're always running ideas by, by each other and supporting each other. I just think that at a high level, the people that you connect with um, even when they're just friends that you meet through Instagram, it's ridiculous, but <laughs> there's a lot of support that can go back and forth when people feel like you get them and they can mm-hmm. trust you. So yeah, I wouldn't, I would never hesitate to reach out to somebody and make a connection and see what, what can happen there.
1: Okay. How are you investing in yourself right now?
0: Yeah. So that looks like taking a lot of time for myself, even when I think it should be otherwise. Like I try to work 20 hours a week and sometimes I go, well, how can other people work 40 hours a week? You know, what's wrong with me? But I need that time. So uh, yeah, I think that's very important. Another thing that I'm really trying to play with recently is asking myself how I can do everything in my life in a spiritual way, not just when I'm meditating or I don't know, having another practice doing yoga or something like that. But how can I call into a sense of being with spirit and being aware of my body and my heart and connected to myself while I'm doing emails, while I'm Mm -hmm. on the computer, while I'm with a client. So, um, that's something I'm working on for myself.
1: Okay. Well, that may tie into my next question. And that is, what are your top habits, habits you believe everybody has to have?
0: Oh, that's interesting. I don't believe that anybody is the same as anybody else and that we should have the same habits. I think that's kind of like a hard thing about medicine in general is that one remedy doesn't work for the other person or one diet doesn't work for the other person. Um, I am a huge fan of the Miracle Morning. So if people are not familiar with that, he's got six morning practices that he says to do every morning. And I've done it for a while and I have loved that. But That's recently, Hal Elrod. Yeah, it's Hal Elrod, it's, he's great. But recently for me, I love having a body practice. And so that could mean five minutes of dancing, it could mean stretching, it could be just something where I'm like, oh, I'm not a talking head, I actually have a body. That's important. It <laughs> <laughs> could be walking in the grass barefoot, you know. But that feels really important to me to have every day. It also feels really important to spend time outside as much as I possibly can. Because mm-hmm. I think it's a little unnatural for us to live in these boxes with a roof. <laughs> uh, so I, those are things that are part of my sanity ritual.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. What do you have coming up that it, you are just super excited about?
0: I think this book coming out will be incredible i mean huh? it's it's on its way you know and I'm, I'm really happy with what we've got but having it actually out in the world and having people read it and having people giving us feedback about it yeah. and i'm really excited about that and i want to hear the stories of how people's lives change or that they go and try something or you know, it's really working for them so that feels important
1: so, now do you have a launch party coming up with that
0: Yes, we're going to be doing a launch party. I don't have it fully set, but I think it will be in December. And so we'll probably advertise it if people are excited and want to come out.
1: Okay. Well, folks, as soon as we have the date on that, we'll be sure to include that information as well. Yeah. And before we get to our final four, do you have any parting words for the audience today?
0: Hmm. I think that if you are excited about real estate or anything really, and you want to step out, but you're feeling nervous, it's really about surrounding yourself with community. And so that could mean even just working for someone who has a job that you really want, but it could also just mean going to a meetup group and uh, hanging out and building friendships with people that are doing what you want to do. Because I think that we do something outside of our norm it, you know, maybe our friends and family are not doing it. We're going to feel like it's really odd or that people are not actually doing it. So you kind of need to surround yourself with those people.
1: Yeah. Find your tribe. That's right. I get that. Um, oh, and before we get to the final four, how can folks find you and who would you consider to be an ideal client?
0: Yeah. So folks can find me on my website, zianamcintyre.com. It's just my name. Um, ideal client. Someone who is like able to get a loan is great. Somebody who has probably $50,000 or more and is ready to invest in real estate. And then somebody who's just got a creative mind and they're excited to get started.
1: Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, now we're coming to our final four. And for those who are familiar with the show, they know it's just four quick questions I ask you here at the end. Just tell me the first thing that comes in your head. Great. Are you ready?
0: I am. I'm a little nervous.
1: <laughs> oh, you don't have anything to be nervous about. I promise. The first question is usually the hardest one. So, okay, perfect. But it's not hard. Okay. All Trust right. It
0: again.
1: Question number one. Why did God create Zianna? Or stated another way, why are you here?
0: Ooh, I believe my purpose is to live an unconventional life, um, and show people that that's possible.
1: Hmm, like that yeah. answer. What are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow?
0: Ooh, so I told you I'm really excited about subject two. So mm-hmm. there's a master of that. His name is Pace Morby, and I've just been listening to like all. He's got so much stuff on YouTube. And I just start my mornings listening to that. I guess me hyped. It's just excited to be thinking differently and learning.
1: Yeah, I dig that. Yeah. What do you do for fun?
0: Mm, time outside. So yeah. most of my favorite activities are water sports because I grew up in Hawaii. But even in Colorado, we we do a lot of hiking here.
1: It's <laughs> a little, little harder to come by the water <laughs> activities yeah. in Colorado.
0: We paddleboard. <laughs>
1: Well, that, and there's, of course, rafting, whitewater rafting, but in the right places.
0: Yeah. um, In the summertime, we go ride our bikes down the creek and dip in the creek. So I'm a mermaid. I need to be putting my fins in the water.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get that. Yeah. I get that. All right. What are you most grateful for?
0: Mm. Wow. I think just having a platform where people actually want to talk to me. I think that's so interesting to have a space where you get to tell your stories and people are interested and then people get inspired and they go out and change their lives. I feel so grateful that that's an opportunity that I have.
1: Yeah. And here's a bonus question. Since you are an author now. Yeah. What? It's one or more. It's up to you. You can name however many you want. Books that you absolutely love and recommend to others.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I read a lot of books. Um, I'd say one that I really love um, is from Chris Boss. It's called Never Split the Difference. Yeah. And he's a former FBI negotiator. I feel like he really shows how negotiation is in every day. It's all in our lives, every part of life, and how it's like such an important skill to have. So I, I found that story or that book's got lots of really intense stories in it but um yeah, yeah. it's entertaining for sure so it's a great one
1: okay I've, I have heard that before as well I've I have read the yeah. book once I need to read through it again but yeah uh,
0: it's really like dense so I it sort of feel is. like that's the moment sure. I stop listening to it I need to just start it from the beginning <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that's true there's there's a lot in it for sure there is for sure well, Ziana, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your wealth of knowledge acquired over many years of what I'm sure are some trying times, but those are actually the best because we learn the best when we fail, when we mess up. Yeah. So thank you for messing up so you can help us learn how not to. <laughs>
0: Great. <That laughs> save you all a bunch of time. Yep.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. For sure. Well, thank you so much for your time and for being here and for sharing with us because we are better because you did. Thank you. And thank you to all of you for tuning in today. Again, you have invested your most precious resource and that's your time. And I know you can't get it back and I don't take that for granted. So thanks for being here and we will talk to all of you next time. Bye everybody.